Do you yep. think the Ethiopian church has an Ark of the Covenant? Absolutely. There's in the Discord. I can even point out where it is. I know where Shut it up, is. Shut up, really? I got one last question. Yes, what? Let's say some of these churches have had priesthood authority passed down. Whose priesthood is stronger, ours or theirs? Oh, is this like a Moses with his rod? And no, seriously, it's like we have the priesthood from the Restoration, but if they got the priesthood from the original gang, they might beat us a little bit. They might be able to levitate like the box a little bit higher or something. The Roman Catholic claim to be the universal Christian church is kind of by default. It's kind of like we were the ones who survived. And yeah. so we get to say, we're the only true one. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. There were 12. The gospel was planted all over the world. And it was usually destroyed by the Huns. Look, most of the apostasy wasn't ink. It was blood. But there are some of these churches that still survive to this day. Maybe have five Armenian guys in a room. It's like a macho contest, seeing who can out-stoic the other. Like, can one of you take a chill pill? <laughs> Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, back to Ward Radio. I am your host, Cardinalis, and today I'm joined in the studio by Kwaku L and Jonah Barnes. And today we've got a very interesting topic. The professor of all things apocryphal, oh. Jonah Barnes, has a presentation for us. Dare oh. we say a spiritual TED Talk, uh, an apocryphal TED Talk on the lost churches of the apocryphal. And you actually say uh, has to do with the deaths of the apostles. What are we learning here? Lost doctrine that has been discovered in the Dead Sea Scrolls? Are we are we uncovering Gnostic holy writs? What's going on today? Well, what we're going to do is we're going to back up and we're going to look at, sometimes when we talk about the, the church or Christianity, or we talk about uh, the great apostasy, we talk about it in this tunnel vision of just like Rome. It's like, Everything happened in Rome or everything happened in like Jerusalem. But actually, a yeah. lot was happening in a lot of other places. How often do you think about the Roman Empire? I think about the Roman Empire every day. My wife okay. doesn't believe me, but I do. <laughs> okay, I do. Well, I got yeah, right. every day? I think about the Egyptian Empire a lot more. Oh, shoot. You had to one-up me. You just had to like one-up me like They're that. They cooler. They had Why'd some magic and like free energy and stuff, you know? Yeah, you know what? I have to agree with Quaco on that one. But <laughs> if the Egyptians went to war with the Romans, I think the Romans might win militarily until the Egyptians discovered all of those lost technologies that, you know, kind of went away. Sonic, the... sonic resonance. Oh, no, I also, I know it's off. I know it's off topic, but I got a question for, for Cardin. Yeah, hit it. Why do like all the like neo right wing vaporwave conservative meme guys love the Romans, but they like hate gays? Because the Romans were super gay, like they love gayness. Were they really? No, yeah, you know, like Roman soldiers always about the Roman Empire every day. (laughs) Roman and Greek soldiers, they always had like a little male, you know, pederast like lover. Like they they were they were extreme. Like like gayness was very normal part of their culture. Maybe that's just all of our latent internalized homophobia. Yeah, I don't know, but I'm always like, what are these, like, right-wing return to tradition, you know, go watch Europa, The Last Stand, all those people. How come, like, you hate gays, but you love gays? It's kind of weird. I'm sure there's a thesis by some psychology master. Don't watch Europa, The Last Stand. In fact, you need to block that out. Uh, I I watched five hours of the 12-hour movie. 12-hour movie? It is a 12-hour documentary. 
with one goal in particular, it's not a good goal. It, it's a brainwashing session to turn you into an extremist. I watched five hours of it, and I was like, I can't do any more of this. But So speaking of five hours, we're almost in our fifth hour of this podcast, about to breach the actual topic. You know Sorry. <laughs> no, that ties right in, because we don't need a Eurocentric view of Christianity and history. So what we're going to do is we're going to branch out a little bit. Ugh, more, people. you diversity cuck. You're no, the... <laughs> <laughs> that's what they're going to say. That's what the Desnets are going to say in the comments. Well, well. Uh, so, so the deal is, is that after Jesus Christ, uh, this is all from the book of Acts, okay, people? So just calm down, calm down. Uh, in, in the book of Acts, when Jesus Christ comes back 40 days, nobody knows what he's doing. We totally know what he was doing. He was doing temple ordinances. But he sends all the apostles out into the world. Oh, the heroine of hell. You missed that one, bro. Oh, we got a whole we got a whole new one. He was doing temple ordinances. Absolutely, he was doing temple ordinances. It's yeah. all over the apocalypse. Oh. It's all over the gospel. Of yeah, Philip. by the eighth or ninth century, the creeds had gotten rid of the heroine of hell, but it was a very, very well known early Christian doctrine. And I, what's early if it made it through the ninth century yeah. CE? You know what I'm saying? But anyway, uh, they believe that he did indeed descend into hell in order to harrow or to cultivate the souls of all the good people who had died in Old Testament times, uh, primarily uh, Noah, Adam and Eve. Yeah, the patriarchs. Yeah, the patriarchs and stuff like then that. Then he comes back and for 40 days, he takes all the apostles through temple ordinances, the initiatory, the endowment, all that stuff. It's all over. It's all over. Pista Sophia, people, go read the Pista Sophia. Okay. okay. So, yeah. I have questions, but it's a different podcast. I don't want to distract. Yes. Okay. But I, want, but I want to, we, we, we'll talk. Okay. So- okay. Jesus Christ that comes was back. super gay too. Any? <laughs> <laughs> okay, keep he must. Going. He really likes ancient Rome. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Okay, so keep going, dude. So going. Uh, anyway, so so Jesus sends his apostles off into the world, and he says, "You go here. You go here." Luke talks about it shortly. He's like, uh, "This guy went here. This guy went there," but there really isn't a great record of where the apostles go. I find it amazing that people think the Bible is inerrant and perfect and all this stuff when the story just ends. Yeah. It's like, and Jesus left, and there's this huge church built up, and then, and, and it's just like, the whole thing just ends, and you're like, wait, what? Oh, what happened? Here's you know? here's a guy in an island who saw a lot of things. <laughs> and it's over. Yeah. Yeah, it'd it's be like, the huh? worst, it would be the worst Netflix documentary. If the New Testament were made in a Netflix documentary, it'd be the worst, because it just ends, and there's no good ending to it. Anyways, so the point is, he sends them off. So we know where, let's go over the ones that we know. Okay. We know Peter. Okay. Peter crucified in Rome. We know yeah. Jacob the Just, not James. Stop calling him James. His name is Jacob, who's the brother of Jesus, who is the bishop of Jerusalem. We know John, Isle of Patmos, later, because he didn't die, goes on to become Sasquatch. Everybody knows. Okay. <laughs> uh, then Jacob, <laughs> then Jacob, Jacob the Less, uh, killed in Jerusalem. Okay. So then we're getting into, so those are like the four that we kind of like know. Okay, yeah. and then of course Judas replaced by Matthias. Now we're getting into the ones we don't know. Okay, so that aren't in the Bible. Simon, son of Alphaeus, is sent off to Persia, is sawed in half. Things don't go super well. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, Philip, we think he might have gone to North Africa. Also, things don't go very well. Matthias, he goes to uh, Colchis. Also, things don't go very well. They're killed. But some of them succeeded, and they planted churches in these places. And we have the records of the churches that they planted. Nobody believes them. The Armenians, when they say, our church was established by Bartholomew, and everyone's like, no, it wasn't. Yeah, Armenian Orthodox, right? Yeah. They say, 
Bartholomew came and established our church. And the Roman Catholics were like, no, we didn't. Yeah, and, why don't we believe and, these people? Is it just old political beef from like the second or third century? I think or it's what? because they all watch Europa, and Europa's just all about <laughs> you know Eurocentric <laughs> view of the world. And the Armenians are like, "Hey, wait a minute! Hey, wait a minute!" Yeah, that don't work out very well for us. Well, no. I mean, but like, why would the Roman Catholic Church lie? They've never done anything like that. <laughs> it's a good point. <laughs> you know? Well, that's a, oh yeah, it's not really like you it, can't help it? yourself. Not for one. Get off my boys. Get they, off my boys. The Crusades were just. All right. Yeah, you would like Europa: The Last Stand. <laughs> you would like that movie. Jeez. Still haven't seen it. Talk By the way, we need to clarify. It is an abominable film. I don't want anyone to think that I'm like into that. Like, I want to make it clear. Wait, but abominable? Why? Because of like just bad ideas, or because it's just actually really horrible production value and super cringe. The cinematography is great. Not. It wasn't made well, and the you've seen it, John. Let's just say the opening oh, no, is this. <clears throat> Who runs the banks? You ever heard of the Kazarians? Oh, You're like, okay, <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> one of those, one of those. Yeah, they start funny. listing, here's people you couldn't trust. There's a lot of Bergs and Coens <laughs> in the last names. <laughs> ah, it's one of those movies. Ah. And those people don't like the Armenians having their own continuous Christian church. See, it all ties back yeah. together, guys. So anyway, keep going, Jonah. Okay, so the First Nation to be Christian. Anybody know what the first Christian nation in the history of the world Well, I know Ar- Armenia claims to be the first Armenia Christian nation. Armenia is the first yes. Christian nation. Very good. Okay. Cool. Very good. Cardinalis. Hey, do, yeah. I, I live like within a stone's throw of Glendale and Burbank, bro. Like, Okay. Armenia is super awesome. They were all over Siberia in my mission, by the way. Super yeah, awesome on. people. I love Armenians. A little intense. They could smile more, but keep going. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm just saying. <laughs> good grief. You have five Armenian guys in a room. It's like a macho contest, seeing who can out-stoic the other. Like, can one of you take a chill pill? That's <laughs> funny, because in Siberia, they were the bubbliest, happiest people around. I think I, that says something about I Siberia. know, like, five Armenians, <laughs> okay. and, and now I'm just completely stereotyped based on the five guys I know. Okay, so in the Discord, so, so one of the apocryphal books is the Acts of Thomas, and it is the first little snippet, the snippet that I put in the Discord. Okay. Check it out. Acts the Acts of, of Thomas. Thomas is one of those books. Is that, this one right here? Uh, well, that's kind of about it. It's up a little further. Go up a little. Okay. Is it this one right it here? It shows text. Shows text. Right here? Right here. No, that's the Declaration of Arbroath. Uh, no, well, I got maybe, it. Maybe you didn't get it in. Okay, whatever. But the Acts of Thomas, uh, go to the one that, uh, the oh, first one Oh, here we go. Had. Here's the Acts of Thomas. I'm a fool. Here we go. So this is a part of the uh, Jonah Barnes compendium of uh, apocryphal writings. So cool. so this is about uh, Thomas is told by Jesus to go to India. <gasps> and he says- I know this. I know this story. And he says, I don't want to go. I'm not going. And so God <laughs> makes it so that he's like- framed for a crime he becomes a slave and he's bought by a guy from india and so thomas has to be shipped off to india as a slave and he goes to india and that's how he starts his ministry and so the book is all about his uh ministry over there really interesting book um and uh so while thomas is out there he establishes church in india and this church in india still exists and they say that they're a contiguous christian church as old as the Roman Catholic Church, as old as any Christian church that was started by Thomas, and they still continue to this day. So, is it an official branch of the Catholic Church, or is it its own separate church? No, it's what? its own. It's its own thing. I, th- I think their what's their technical name is this 
Indo-Syrian Christian church or something like that. You can okay, Google cool. It. Rock on. But they're around. And of course, everybody tells them, no, 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 your church was started in 600 AD by blood missionaries. And they're like, no, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. We've been here since Thomas. And nobody believes them. But okay. I, believe, I believe you. What do they believe? Is it standard Christian doctrine? Uh, no. So it's orthodoxy. So uh, all of these guys, and we're going to go through several of them. I don't know all their beliefs. Right. But, but uh, all these churches have, first of all, they don't have the creeds. Sorry, Whoa, creeds. Cool. Sorry, creeds. So they're going to hell. So, yeah, of course. Okay, yeah. Because that's the good news of the gospel. All of you are going hey, to look, hell look. except for us 20 people who know the creeds. I'm sorry. I know you <laughs> believe that like Jesus guy, but my medieval monks... That I trust the my medieval monks okay. trump your Jesus. Uh, you know <laughs> that Emmanuel guy who was yapping a lot that you're obsessed with in your Mormon church. I'm into the medieval monks. All yeah. right, and if, yeah. if they ain't medieval monks, they ain't for me. Yeah. The Jesus guy is just—he's just so yesterday. Yeah, he's just so yesterday. It's all about the monks. So anyway, tell us more about these lost churches. Okay, bro. so What's going then on? Uh, also in the dis- so that's Thomas. He goes to India. Now there's another inscription there. It's kind of the inverted. It shows like white on black, the one that you first showed. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Now that inscription there shows Hebrew writing found in India. Uh, and this, I think, this tablet comes from like a thousand A.D. or something. Like it shows that there was a Hebrew community in India at the time of the Roman Empire. Um, and it's is so that what pure Hebrew? Is that like kind of like no? A, it's a perverted Hebrew, like a reformed Hebrew. It's a reformed Hebrew, which doesn't exist. Obviously, <laughs> doesn't exist. Yeah, written on written on metal plates doesn't exist. That's absurd, right? <laughs> Loving it. <laughs> so yeah. uh, anyway, so this proves that there was a Jewish Hebrew presence in India back far enough that would have been the place that maybe Thomas had gone to, and so they cite this as the the church there cites this as evidence that says we've been here continuously. Cool. So. Yes, Kwaku. Do you think the Lord wanted him to go to India to establish the church because the Lord had already been there in his missing years? Ah, Ooh. that is another theory. And there's apocryphal Jesus books all India about theory. That. I, pff, I'm ninety percent there that that's real. <laughs> I'm pretty <laughs> okay. sure the karma. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so keep going. Okay. Well, we could talk about we could talk about the hand signals that the Hindus and the Buddhists do. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. a whole other one. For we might day. have to do that in the temple. Anyways, okay. So bring up so another from the uh, from the um, from the Discord. Okay. So we bring up the Declaration of Arbroath. Rock on from 1320 A.D. This is from the National Archives of Scotland. There it is. Now this is declaring Saint Peter the patron saint of Scotland. Does anybody know what the Scottish flag is? Uh, no, I don't know. What is it? The Scottish flag is an X. So the English flag is a cross. The British flag is a cross and an X because it's supposed to be England and Scotland. So they put the cross and the X. The X is the X cross that St. Andrew was crucified on. St. Andrew's cross is what it's called. It also is the foundation for- St. Andrew, St. Peter. Andrew. It also is the foundation for the Confederate flag because so many of Southerners came from Scotland and immigrated there. So they had St. Andrew's cross as their cross for the Confederate flag. He's the patron saint of Scotland because, as the apocryphal texts say, he made it to Scotland. He first preached to the Scythians in Russia, I think it was, and then he goes off to Scotland. He establishes the church there. While he's there, there's a war, and the king says, help me, and he prays, and the king prevails. And so he says, you're going to be the patron saint of Scotland. We're going to convert to Christianity. Okay? Okay, also in the Discord, go to... um, Oh, there's a picture of the Armenian church, the uh, uh, Church of St. Bartholomew in Armenia. It's the black and white uh, photo right there. 
Awesome. It's Armenia. So that's a contiguous Christian church. Uh, there's the Hebrew script in India. Okay, so going down our list here, um, going down our list here, let's see. Uh, there's Ethiopia. Rock okay, on. Ethiopian church. Uh, the Ethiopian Orthodox Church. Orthodox church, yeah. Contiguous, contiguous Christian church has been around since forever. They say they have the Ark of the Covenant, right? They say they have the Ark of the Covenant. That's right. And a ton of apocryphal writings, by the way, were preserved by the Ethiopians. Yes. The Ethiopians, they kept track of those records real well. Didn't they have 29 books in their canon while the rest of the Christian world generally had 27? Because they included the Shepherd of Hermas for a while, I believe, or else uh, the one of the books of Enoch or something like that. If I'm uh, not mistaken, the Ethiopian right? Book of Enoch is huge. Yeah. Okay. They, they, so many of the apocryphal writings come from libraries and things in Ethiopia, and it's because the Muslim invasions of the turn of the millennium didn't totally destroy Ethiopia. A lot. Of, so that's that's what all this leads to, guys. Thomas created it in uh, India. Jude went to Iraq or Iran. These guys went. Oh, they planted all these churches, and then Islam destroyed them all. Just wiped them out. And the survivors really? are very few. The survivors are the Roman Catholics. The Byzantium actually eventually was taken over, but Eastern Orthodox survived. Uh, India, these guys survived. Uh, Ethiopia survived. There's even uh, in Morocco, the Moroccan church uh, uh, claims to have contiguous Christian presence there. So these churches got planted all over the world, but the Muslims destroyed half of them in you know 600 700 800 900 ad and so their records didn't exist so the roman catholic claim to be the universal christian church is kind of by default it's kind of like we were the ones who survived and yeah. so we get to say we're the only true one it's like hell whoa 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 there were 12 true ones guys but they're the ones who say no no, no we we are the prime mover we're the original or whatever the og and fun fact, did you know that the found the uh foundation, the capital of the Catholic Church wasn't gonna be in Rome? Do you know where it was gonna be? Anybody else? Anybody Jer in the Jerusalem? Coast? It's gonna be in York. It's gonna be in England. Really? Yeah. That's where the huh. that's where Christianity survived best. And so and that's a longer story. Okay, but the last one we're gonna talk about is the coolest one, guys. It's the coolest one. Especially if you've read the uh, the Book of Mormon, it's about Matthew. There's an apocryphal book called the Acts of Matthew, mm. and it talks about where Matthew went. And Matthew goes to Parthia, or like Russia. It's not really Russia. It's not Slavs, but he goes to Parthia. It's a Hanate back then, right? Okay. Uh, or what later became a Hanate. So he goes to Parthia, and in the Book of the Acts of Matthew, it begins and it says. Matthew was coming back on the road and saw everybody else. And they said, where have you been? And he says, oh, I was at this place and it was really cool. While I was there in this great city, Jesus Christ appeared in the heavens and descended down like my, like my guy, like the guy we all know. He appeared there and opened up the gospel to all these people. And I helped him establish his church there. Does I saw Jesus Christ. This is after Jesus Christ has died, spent 40 days with him and then ascended to heaven. Okay. And this is months, years later, Matthew's in some city way up in, uh, Asia. Wait, so you're saying the apocryphal book of Matthew, there's literally a mirror image story of Jesus Christ descending and reestablishing his church 
in another land outside of the Holy Land, outside of Jerusalem, outside of ancient Israel, just like it was done in third Nephi. But this time, where was it? Just like it was done in third Nephi, there was an apocryphal Acts of Matthew book that shows Jesus Christ descending to establish his church in a distant land, just like in in the Book of Mormon. And Matthew, St. Matthew, was witness to it. Whoa, that so is cool. cool. Which one's that called again? The Acts uh, of Matthew. It's called the Octamate the in Hanate, or the Acts of Matthew in the city of the priests, I guess is the proper And where, what, what country did that come out of? Uh, there are several, there are several different, that guy's in Greek, in Syrian, and, uh, I think Ethiopian, uh, different, different versions of the, of the story. It comes out of the medieval period. Uh, the, 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 the oldest documents we have come out of the medieval period. And so of course everybody dismisses it and says, well, it's not true. But when we read it, we're like, oh shoot, that's totally like, what? He says, oh, there's a big city. Yeah. Everybody's gathered pillar of light. Jesus comes down, establishes the church there. Dude, that's awesome. Come on. Come on, that's super cool. That's yeah. way cool. Anyways, so the apocrypha. Well, isn't there is also these. though a Russia, like a, a, a ancient Slavic story about Peter, James, and John appearing to the ancient Slavs as well as as resurrected beings? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, there's a whole painting above it too. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, there's there's a painting of Jesus Christ appearing to the Siberians, which I have in my. I served my mission in Siberia. Oh, and it a, might be that. That might be what I'm referencing. There's a painter who did. He showed Jesus Christ appearing. To the Siberians, it's a beautiful painting, hmm. and uh, I have it hanging in my home because um, that's who I preach to, and that's actually where Parthia is. Funny thing, that's actually kind of where my my mission was kind of in Parthia, where Matthew says Jesus Christ came physically, came down, and established his church. So Christ was doing this, which makes you wonder, because it was about eight months, right, between his ascension into heaven to appearing to the Nephites, right? We think about eight months, right. Was he eight months just like touring around, like pulling a Russell M. Nelson and just like cruising around to all these places? Did he go to Australia? Did he go to Ethiopia? Did he go to Japan? Did he go to China or Tibet? Was he visiting these people and establishing churches? Because Matthew found one in Parthia and it's in the apocryphal books. There you go. Your puny little minds are blown. So I'm wondering though, like, um, I'm I sometimes I have this theory that like Christ came to all these different parts of the world and then you know the structure of the temple happens in 70 AD and then we know what happens to the Americas in the Book of Mormon I kind of feel like this sounds silly sounds silly but the the real start of the apostasy might have been like the the apocalypse that already happened right the the world apocalypse that already happened where all these nations had this horrific end Right before, um, you know, the the medieval period begins. So this kind of goes along with that, hmm. right? Like the apostles set up the churches, give Christ with the Siberians, the, the opiates, the, the 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 Nephites. But then in seventy A.D., that happens, right? Yeah. And it's like that seemed like the apocalypse that Christ is predicting in the New Testament, but it, that seemed to be replicated around that time all over, all over the world. You're so right. I'm wondering, like. Has the apocalypse already happened, and is there going to be another one? Huh. Interesting. So what he was talking about in Matthew 29, right, or, or prophesying about- Matthew 24. Horrible things that are going to happen. Yeah. yeah, Matthew 24. Is he saying, because the guy's in- That's interesting, right? Well, the that's Sean McCraney's whole thought process, isn't it? The, well, his the, thought process that, yeah, the second coming happened in 70 AD, and religion is dead. We live in a post- 
second coming world, and now we just have to believe in Christ. We go to heaven. Wait, all of it. You're telling me Sean McCraney has thoughts? <laughs> Dude, I I highly question that. No, savage. Sit down with him for an hour. He oh, will please, blow your mind. No. I promise you. Not I, enough deodorant in the world. He has, he, he's repented for his anti-Mormonism, and I think it is oftentimes difficult mm-hmm. after having had such a combative relationship with somebody concerning your faith for such a long time mm. to uh, have a friendly conversation with them. But something that helps me get over that is the fact that the Apostle Paul, after having killed Stephen ended up being in charge of the church. I'm going to say so, Paul's Sean overrated. McCraney's, Sean McCraney's <laughs> like Paul. That's funny. Did Sean McCraney take down all his anti-Mormon videos? No. Oh, no, he no. didn't, did he? No, but but uh, we, okay, tried, but we I, have an amicable relationship. Has I will he say, though, Sean, hey, wait, wait, okay, out of the bat, I will say this about Sean McCraney, okay? Mm. Um, wicked smart. Sit down with an hour and just talk. Mm. Also, he doesn't think we're damned. He does think we're Christians. Yeah, Remember I was going to say he's abandoned. He, he's he's abandoned a lot of the anti-Mormon views and realized that the destruction of faith was ultimately a net negative, and it's better to have faith than not. In fact, he didn't reprimand. I'd say RFM, but um, he laid down a landmine that RFM just absolutely blew up in by saying, "What what moral responsibility do you have? To I people like Sean whose McCray. faith you destroy. I like. So, I'm not he, a fan of Sean McCray. I wow. only met him after his program had been canceled, and so I didn't experience the ravages of that epoch of anti-mormonism therefore um i i i i see it both ways i can understand why he would have a i like him you were talking about people that are in a little weird aaron shafawalaf that guy jeff durbin uh oh you know aaron Schaff. yeah 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 i debated aaron Schaff. there's a whole two-hour video on youtube me debating aaron Schaff in front of a whole oh he's such a class act he goes to picnics and harasses our youth who are trying to learn about the book of mormon shut up really classy guy Classy oh, guy. Okay. Interesting yeah. guy. Interesting. Uh, anyways, so he's, he's but, a Durbanite too. So. Yeah, he's a. Durbanite. Oh, they're all so classy. Their burgers are delicious, though. Yeah. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Keep going. Um. Anyway, so we, I know we wanted to keep this keep this a, a little shorter here. I think we're coming up on. Yeah. But the point is, is that the gospel was planted all over the world at different times and different places, and it was usually destroyed by the Huns, or the Hans, or. Uh, the Islamic hordes or the Umayyad empire or the Lamanites. It was overrun by uh, hostile nations. And that was most of the apostasy. Look, most of the apostasy wasn't ink. It was blood. That's most oh, of the yeah, apostasy. I agree. It was blood. Okay. But there are some of these churches that still survive to this day. And, and the advantage that Rome had is that it was in the West. It didn't have any great doctrinal. It wasn't just like better. No, no. The, the Ethiopian church has tons of texts, has preserved tons of texts, and is more open about them than the Vatican is. And the Indian church and Arius's church in uh, Lissaudia or whatever it's called, all, all these pri- primitive Christian churches are contiguous Christian churches. So you're saying that there. there's a bunch of churches besides the Catholic church that date their provenance back to the original apostles that still exist. Correct. And they exist... In the same form that they were started in, just like the Roman Catholic Church claims to go all the way back to Peter. Correct. Wow. Well, so how come they're not bigger players on the world stage? Like, why aren't their popes making big press releases and we're all paying attention to what they got to say? And I think the answer is England. Really? Rome went to England and none of them did. And England took over the world. England settled colonized everything. France colonized everything. The Dutch colonized everything. And so that Western version of Christianity 
took over the world. Bulgaria didn't conquer anybody. I mean, at least not after that. I, I mean, yeah, okay. You know, these places, Ethiopia didn't colonize Europe. Instead, Europe colonized Africa. Interesting. So that's why okay. Rome. That's why Rome gets the front seat. Okay, so which one's your favorite, and why? Uh, I like the Aryans a lot. Really, that's going to get clipped. Let's try that. Oh, one sorry. Again. No, I just. Got... <laughs> oh no, not that kind you of Aryan. You watch your opa, the last battle. <laughs> <laughs> not that type of Ar- I mean, actually, no. The Aryans... Aryans are are named after Arius. Arius. A R Y A S, which is who Saint Nicholas punched, right? Uh, A R I U S or yeah. Athanasius or, punched. No, no, no. Saint Nicholas punched Arius. Uh, in the third century, yeah, Santa, yeah. Santa Claus, Santa punched? punched. Yeah, they were having a big council. Okay, and he was removed as bishop of um his his town for a while. So, yeah. title for the podcast: so Santa did... Claus punches white supremacists. Yeah. So, <laughs> One way did to look Santa at Claus it. punch Arius? <laughs> a lot of disinformation to come to that conclusion. Oh tell my me, gosh! Look at this! Look at this right here. There's little. Yeah, there's photos of it. Look. Oh yes, yes. I will actually pull up an awesome generated AI image of Arius <laughs> getting totally punched <laughs> by St. Nick. So look, there's St. Nicholas. That's how they do the punch, the a Bishop little Saint- palm. Okay, They're well, having a fight. Here's what this story did. Okay, so here's the story. I'm actually going to read it for you guys. Oh my At goodness. one point, St. Nicholas got so angry at Arius's obstinacy that he socked him right in the face. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Okay. So what we know about St. Nicholas. So the uh, Bishop Nicholas loses his cool because back then he was called Bishop Nicholas. So here at the St. Nicholas Center dot org. Oh, there's an man. entire website dedicated to it. This is amazing. At the Council of Nicaea in AD 325, Emperor Constantine convened the Council of Nicaea. It was the first ecumenical council. More than 300 bishops showed up. And as Arius vigorously continued his argument about the nature of God, Nicholas became more and more agitated. Finally, he could no longer bear what he believed was essential uh, being attacked. The outraged Nicholas got up, crossed the room, and slapped Arius across the face. The bishops were shocked. It was unbelievable that a bishop would lose control and be so hot-headed in such a solemn assembly. They brought Nicholas to Constantine. Constantine said, even though it was illegal for anyone to strike another in his presence, in this case, the bishops themselves must determine the punishment. So he was stripped of his bishop's garments, chained and thrown into jail. Of course, he ended up having, uh, I I believe, an angel or like John the Baptist came and visited him or something. And, uh, oh, Jesus and Mary and his mother appeared asking, why are you in jail? And he says, because of my love for you. These are your creeds. These are your creeds, people. Yeah, this is this is your great glorious Santa straight up slapped the guy that was making you... <laughs> your creed because it was so offensive even back then. These people, it was a knockdown drag out. It was Game of Thrones with your precious yeah, and, doctrine. And, and we're told okay, the contention guys, is guys. of the devil. This Saint sounds Nick like a <laughs> bunch of old fuddy duddies. <laughs> And he slaps him in the like, that's impropriety. You should come on. Was it jail? It was probably like a tucked away house that he was exiled to. Ah, I think these are a bunch of old funny duddies. Okay. Well, I think St. Nick was the best of all of them. Baby. Well, thank goodness so. we don't base our entire religion off of the voting patterns of these old funny duddies, only two of which we even can name and who are yeah. getting into slap fights. Oh, uh-huh. no. I mean, look, look. Say you wanted to be the church fathers, but there are some really cool stuff that church fathers had to say. Some of it was nonsense, but some of it was presents really every good. Year. He brings you presents every year. Dude, St. Nicholas, I think he was the last guy to have the priesthood before it was completely taken from the earth. Well, 
Yeah. St. Nicholas was the bomb. See, but wait a minute. But how many of them are out there that we don't even know about? How many of them were in India or were in Parthia or were in Ethiopia exactly. that we don't even know about? We only know about these ones. Yeah. So what, what are you saying? Kwaku, take us home, baby. Take us home. Carden. What, Doug? What is the priesthood? Oh, boy. Because the- if you know what the priesthood is, you know that the priesthood can't be taken from the earth. Only the declaration of creating new priesthoods can be taken away from the earth. Only the declaration of creating new priests can be taken away. John the Revelator stayed. The three Nephites stayed. Priesthood power was on the earth. It was never gone. Joan of Arc even exercised it. Too many miracles happened for there not to be priesthood power. So what is priesthood? What is it? We don't ask that question in this church. We just ask who has authority. We care about keys, but not the door into the building that the keys may open. So, so what are you getting at, Doc? It's a different podcast. Oh, okay, cool. I was All about right. to say, by the way, the, the, the way you're angling your head, it was like getting some really dramatic mood lighting there. Yeah, <laughs> that was very like that scary face that shows up in the original, not poltergeist, but the original exorcist. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's really creepy because it, my eyes are like just. Yeah, no, it was good. And you got the skull, Guns and Roses good. thing on your head going. That was dramatic, dog. That was dramatic. Thank you. Yeah. It's good. So, anyway, yeah, I'm digging. So, okay, this is awesome. Um, can we go see them? Are are any of them robust? Are they dwindling? Are the their churches? numbers growing? Yeah. Oh, sure. You can go see them. They're not super pleasant, but they maintain a lot of things like. like Wait, the why aren't they super pleasant? <laughs> well, the Russian Orthodox Church, my, this is my experience, like you can't sit down. You come in and you kind of stand. It's all stone. It's all dark. They're very, very dark. Like that's the whole religion is like suffering and like it's pretty. Well, drag. it's Russia. If yeah, I had to eat touche. like a raw fi- a raw iced fish every day for lunch, <laughs> I'd probably be pretty. You laugh, but that I saw that all the time. No, over it's, there. Like, yeah, it's, it's like a, a fish. it's like a fish on ice and styrofoam. No styrofoam, just bare hands. They just use their thumbs and they carve it with their bottom. What a miserable place to live. Oh, I'm what? sorry. I. Uh, I like their architecture, you know. In the the chicks little, are smoking hot. Yeah, up until like they're 27. Uh, it's called the Polish surprise. You go off on a three-day <laughs> weekend and you come Sorry, back home. And all like women are beautiful. Iron. All women are beautiful. <laughs> Some just have a little more beauty to give than the others. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the Ethiopian church, fantastic. Their architecture is amazing. And, and they maintain their Christianity and they don't need anybody else to give them permission okay. to. So last question before we go. Do you go. think the Ethiopian church has an Ark of the Covenant? Absolutely. There's in the Discord. I can even point out where it is. I know where Shut it up, is. Shut up, really? Right that's there in the Gra- Discord. That's what Graham Hancock thinks, dude. So you're right down there with Graham Hancock thinking dude, it's that there, the Ark of the Covenant and I know where is they straight put up it. there. Okay. Well, is this the picture you're talking about right here? Boom. Okay. That's where the Ark of the Covenant is. It's called the Eighth Wonder of the World. This is the Church of St. George carved into the bedrock in Ethiopia. Why would you go to that trouble? Why would you do that? Carved down into the ground. The whole thing is carved from the bedrock. That's crazy. Look at that thing. It's because you're housing the Ark of the Covenant. There you go. You heard it right here. Word wow. Radio. So this might be the resting place of the Ark of the Covenant Let's go. in Ethiopia. Field trip. Let's go. That's right. Anyway, let us know what you guys think. Let's keep the conversation going in the comments below. Is any of this ringing true? Have any of you had experiences with some of these other sects of Christianity that claim their provenance all the way back to the original apostles? Is Jonah Barnes full of crack? crap and misinterpreting Wait, all I of got, these Gnostic texts or is Quaku? I got one last question. Yes, what? Let's say some of these churches have had priesthood authority passed down. Whose priesthood is stronger? Ours or theirs? 
oh, is this like a Moses with his rod? And no, seriously, it's like we have the priesthood from the restoration, but if they got the priesthood from the original gang, they might beat us a little bit. They might be able to levitate like the box a little bit higher or something. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? They might have a little more. At, We're going to have know? the priesthood Olympics. All right, everybody gather around. Like, all right, okay. I don't want to see anybody cheating here. We're all Matilda. Right. But, like, they're Jedi. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like. So, in the Western Corner, we got the Ethiopian Orthodox (laughs) people. Okay, (laughs) then we got two feet. Oh, we got three feet. Oh, we got four feet on the box in the corner. Okay, that's how the Mormons are doing. You know how they settle this? You throw down your sticks, they turn into snakes, and whichever snake eats the other snake. That's how they settle it. Oh, we've got an eight inch python coming out of the Mormons. Now, in the right corner, we've got, oh, the Armenian Catholics. (laughs) They've got a straight up ball python. You know? (laughs) (laughs) He's going for the throat. Yeah, exactly. That'd be hilarious. So, okay, cool. Awesome. Hey, well, let us know how it's going. Uh, uh, if you guys have had any experiences or experienced it with these people, um, let us know if you uh, think anything said was crazy or totally off base. And for this and more, obviously check us out on radio.com. I ain't trying to bring you down, but for real, you might as well give up now. Think you got a chance, but I don't see how. Got a real tight grip when I hold that crown. My life been good and bad and all around. The more things I lost, the more I found. One thing I taught myself to do, no matter the problem, refuse to lose. Hey guys, thanks for watching the video. Before you go, please make sure that you like the video, share it with your friends, and if you haven't subscribed yet, please let this be the video in which we earn your subscription and that you press the alert button so you're alerted to all of our fun live streams and standalone videos and community posts. Also, if you'd like to help us out, please consider joining the channel. Members get all kinds of cool perks and benefits. They get early access to a lot of our videos and special emoticons and emojis during our live streams and preferential treatment there. It's a lot of fun. Speaking of a lot of fun, we have a super cool Discord. If you'd like to join our Discord, check us out on wardradio.com. There's a link to the Discord there. Also, you can sign up there for our newsletter. Our newsletter is a lot of fun, and you can put your email address in there. And if you'd like to contribute to the program, please consider looking us up on Venmo or on the Cash app. We're on both of those platforms. Also, if you just want to keep watching more content right about here and probably right about here are going to be some more videos. Please check those out. And as always, for this and more, please make sure that you look us up and check us out at wardradio.com.